How's it going, everyone? This is Carlo with Smashcast. My special guest today is Talia Vaughn. Hi. A uh, jiu-jitsu black belt under Mika and uh, here in Las Vegas. Um, so, Talia, what's up? Hi. How's it going? You know, it's going. Talia's actually one of my really good friends as well. She's actually my, uh, I consider her my professor, you know. Um, I do have a feeling that she will belt me black one day and uh, it's going to be a good day. So, Let's talk about that. Um, Talia, besides uh, what people already know about you, tell me about yourself. Um, I started training jujitsu in 2003. I was seven years old. I started training actually because I spent about a year and a half, two years watching my brother compete and train and all that. Um, and then I decided to train with him. Uh, fast forward to about 15 years later, uh, I took gold at the 2018 World's Championships um, and actually got promoted to black belt on the podium of worlds so uh now it's just a matter of getting ready for the new um <laughs> getting ready for the new division of black belt so um yeah awesome um what is jiu-jitsu for the people that don't know jiu-jitsu is a self-defense motivated martial art that has proven most effective due to its use of proper leverage and technique rather than strength and or other physical capabilities. That's pretty a lengthy uh, definition there. It is, but jujitsu is a break lengthy. It down. Okay, if I were to break it down, um, Helio Gracie was the creator or of Brazilian jujitsu. Obviously, there's there's lineages to it, but the one the jujitsu that we practice today was derived from Helio Gracie, um, and he was a smaller guy, very sickly. You know, he wasn't an athlete. You don't look at him and think, wow, that guy's an athlete, you know. Um, but when he would watch his older brother teach, he what he did was he transformed jujitsu into something that was applicable for his own body type. So smaller, weaker, slower, you know, and it kind of derived into what it is today that women can take on men and kids can take on adults. And it's not a matter of size or strength. It's a matter of, you know, how well is your technique and how well can you apply that said technique? So. Mm -hmm. Basically, in that long definition is what that means. So. Okay. okay. I like it. I like it. Um, sorry if I confused anybody before on what jiu-jitsu was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about your prep for Worlds. Uh, you said that you got, um, you got, um, you're a world champion in brown belt. Um, and what is Worlds, essentially, for the people um, listening? For those of you who aren't familiar with jiu-jitsu, um, even in your own sports, there's always that one that one tournament that means the most. So basically the Olympics of the sport next to like ADCC and things like that. But to be a world champion, that's what all jiu-jitsu competitors strive to be. You know, all gymnasts strive to be Olympian champions and all of that. So that's what it is for us. Um, prep was very intricate. Uh, people don't, because jiu-jitsu is still growing, it's still developing. People don't realize what it takes to get ready for such a big tournament. Um, you cannot cut corners. You 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 can't say, oh, I'm tired or, oh, I want to eat this rather than this. Um, you got to do everything by the book. And that's I think that was the difference between, you know, me competing in like 2016 versus me competing in 2017, 2018. I was able to develop a system and, you know, I trusted that process and it led me to a world title. Um, that process was developed by, I'm sure you guys have already heard of him, Nicholas Scott. Uh, he is my boyfriend, uh, also my coach. We really focused on first injury prevention and what 
a lot of jujitsu athletes don't know yet is strength and conditioning is important not because we need to get stronger and out muscle our opponents no because then it it defeats the purpose of developing that technique that we've already discussed it's to prevent injury jujitsu is a it's a dangerous sport it's rough on the body i mean if you've done jujitsu i know you've walked out of class limping or woke up the next day incredibly sore so the strength and conditioning was the first part of that process was to get stronger to get healthy because if you're strong and healthy then i get to train jujitsu more and then into that part you train all day twice a day if you can um you know, focus on more drilling certain positions rather than sparring. But then when you get closer to the competition, it'd be more sparring, less drilling, if that makes sense. And then the biggest, I think, part that people miss is the diet aspect. You know, we want jujitsu to be looked at as a professional sport. And if these jujitsu athletes don't take it seriously and they eat, you know, whatever, then I feel like that kind of transfers into their performance. So um, kind of drilling down what I needed to eat what I needed to fill my body with to be able to do my strength conditioning and train that couple times a day um I think was the game changer for me so nice. um, and like what did that look like like what did like what did that schedule what did that diet what did that training look like specifically for that prep so for I had two different preps technically for worlds for worlds um one was here in Las Vegas with my team uh Grace Umida Las Vegas under Mika Sapilli um we would train mornings we would typically drill in the afternoon. And when I mean drill, what I'm referring to is going over certain positions or situations that I needed to improve things that I was not good at. We were going to get good at by drilling it over and over and over again until I was sick of it. Um, because when you drill something and then you go put it into practice, it's like second nature to us. We, we just do it because we drilled it so much. Um, after that drilling session, um, we would go and train at night. Uh, so we would jujitsu morning, drill afternoon, and jujitsu at night. The days that we wouldn't train jujitsu twice would be a day that I needed to get my strength and conditioning in. Um, you know, a few months out from the tournament was more, okay, let's develop strength. Let's do what we call max effort days, meaning you're going to lift heavy. You're going to not do as much volume because we're trying to get stronger. Um, and then the closer we got to world, we did less heavy weights and more volume, which kind of helped with injury prevention. You know, I've had bad shoulders all of my life. So a lot of it was doing just rehab stuff. To, I should actually say prehab stuff to keep me healthy and to keep me strong for the hard training sessions we were going to have getting closer to worlds. So that sounds intense. Um, so what were your like what were your thoughts like like what like what were your thoughts going into like this prep um and like how did you like stay essentially motivated or disciplined um throughout this whole prep essentially because it's 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 a long prep right it is absolutely um i think it's it was hard i mean it i was terrified i was you know i spent years once i got my i did really well competing at purple and then I got my brown belt. I won my first match. And then I got demolished my next like five or six matches. It it was tough. And, you know, you go and compete at Worlds and it's literally people across the world coming to Long Beach to fight for what everybody wants. And it's the best in the world. So it's, it's terrifying because you think, well, am I one of the best in the world? Am I able to be like so-and-so and whatever the case may be? Um, but honestly, a huge part in me not 
allowing those fears to take over was um, having Nick by my side. He he did a really good job in saying, I know you don't want to, but I'm sorry, you have to. Hmm. If you don't do it, then you're going to let that other person win. And then at the end of the day, fear wins. And that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what also influenced um, my prep into me staying disciplined and everything was I had shoulder surgery September 2017. My second shoulder surgery uh, I've ever had on my right shoulder. And I didn't get to train for four or five months and I was miserable. I mean, Carlo can vouch for that. He watched me through the entire time from the week after I had surgery into my rehab and how miserable I was without jujitsu. And when everyone was telling me that maybe you should skip out 2018 world, you know, you had your second shoulder surgery, you know, that was more of a reason for me to be like, no, like I just need to work really hard. I need to play catch up essentially with my, with my opponents because they were training while I wasn't. So I just had to do double the time. And I think that was a huge I don't like to use the word motivator, but it was a huge motivator to me to keep going Mm -hmm. that, oh, well, they've been working while I was doing, you know, range of motion exercises of physical therapy and I need to catch up. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a, that played a huge role in, in making sure I stayed disciplined and making sure I didn't cut any corners and it ended up being successful at the end of the day. So nice. What was, um, what was your diet? Like, 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 what was your like favorite food throughout the, throughout the whole thing? So, um, Funny you mention that right now, since it's a time of year, it's it's all about trends. It's wow, the ketogenic diet or uh, uh, intermittent fasting. And you know what? I have nothing against any particular diet. Everyone is their own person. Things work for everyone individually. For me as an athlete um, and what Nick and I found most um, successful, I guess, would be what we refer to as flexible dieting. Uh, what flexible dieting is, is you have a set of macros. Uh, macros are proteins, carbs, and fats that you have to eat a day. Um, so the way we kept track of that was there's, you know, my fitness pal or whatever app of your preference. And we would track everything that we would eat every day and make sure that it hit my said calories. So for world's prep, I was eating probably about 2000 calories a day. I'd say about 130 grams of protein, about 100 grams of carbs, and I'd say about 60 to 80 grams of fat a day. Um, the easiest way for me to keep track of that was to eat the same thing every day. It's really hard doing flexible dieting when you want to change what you eat every day because it's, it's stressful. I mean, I sit at the grocery store staring at my phone like, okay, I have 20 grams of protein left, uh, 10 grams of carbs left, but I have zero fat left. Like, what can I eat that's going to fit my macros? You know, or I would eat too much early in the day and then seven o'clock rolls around and have zero calories left. So I go to bed starving. Mm -hmm. So it was playing with that was hard. But what I found easiest was basically staying consistent, eating the same thing every day. So for World's Camp, I ate in the morning would be like a in a basket. So it's a piece of Ezekiel bread with an egg and a side like a side piece of ham. That was every day. Um, And then snack would be an apple and a one bar. Lunch would come around and I would eat about four ounces of steak, a little like side salad and some sort of vegetable. And then at nighttime, depending on what I had left, I would either have more steak and veggies or I would have eggs because sometimes I crave eggs at night. So it'd be one of those two things. But while we were in World's Camp, that's basically what we ate every day. Um, And it it helped. I stayed in. I was lean. I was on weights the entire camp. I didn't have to worry about cutting. 
and i also felt incredibly fueled for my training session so nice nice so um for the people listening that aren't like on this like crazy prep like what like what would you suggest you know them like if they don't know like what is good and what is bad like what like off of like just your experience of like clients and whatnot like what would you tell these people to like maybe they want to get healthier like what is their like essentially their first step into into getting to something like this um i feel from personal experience dealing with my own like clients and also myself um people try to quit things cold turkey they just try to say okay i'm gonna cut out everything and i'm gonna just eat chicken and rice three times a day every day and it's gonna work and then what happens four days later you binge because you're tired of chicken and rice and you know you wanted to eat your fruity pebbles that you were eating four days ago in the morning Mm -hmm. you know what? i don't blame people for doing that so what i personally recommend is small changes because at the end of the day it's not a diet it's a lifestyle and you have to create these habits so what i do is i recommend like start with assigning yourself a breakfast a whole hearty breakfast your protein your your good carbs and some fat avocado cheese if you're not lactose intolerant like me something good for you um and then eat whatever you want the rest of the day be consistent with that breakfast for two three weeks and then when you are consistent with your breakfast add a lunch to that eat your said breakfast eat your lunch eat whatever you want for the rest of the day and then that is when you develop habits because you start to realize i feel really good when i eat this breakfast every day and then when i eat Taco Bell for dinner. I don't feel so good afterwards. And that's how little habits change. So uh, that would probably be my best advice. Also to eat more. Mm. A common issue with people is people don't eat enough. You know, like I don't, some people only eat like 700 and a thousand calories a day. And then they wonder why they're not losing weight. Your body's in starvation mode. Of course, you're not going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So those two would probably be the biggest tips that I could sum up for like the general public. Nice. And you said fats, like a lot of people, like they like are scared of fats. Like, what would you say like a good fat would be and like, and like what to stay away from and what to stay in and what to eat more? Um, so before I recommend a certain fat to eat, um, keep in mind when it comes to flexible dieting, there's a balance of carbs to fats. If you don't eat a lot of carbs a day, then you need to eat higher fats. If you eat a lot of carbs a day, like I feel myself with carbs because I use that glucose as recovery and also for fuel for my training sessions. So then my fat's kind of a little on the lower side. Hence, I eat about 100 grams of carbs and only 60 grams of fat a day. Um, So it depends. You need to analyze what you're eating more and then that'll determine how much fat you need to be eating. Um, For me, my fats usually come from meat uh, because, you know, chicken's got fat, steak's got fat. And you can you can get the 90 10 ground turkey but it still has fat in it so my fat comes from meat um it comes from avocado uh i think avocado is a great source of fat um i actually stay avocado and there's a lot of things i hated that nick was like i'm sorry but you're gonna have to force feed yourself because you need that mm-hmm. and now i actually generally enjoy eating avocado mm. um cheese definitely is a good source of fat but when i'm lactose intolerant so i can't have cheese it just ruins the whole my whole thing I got going on. Um, but honestly, yeah, my fat comes from mostly from me and from avocado. Mm-hmm. If I think about it, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to recommend a certain fat for people to eat. Obviously stay away from like the fats that come from, you know, processed foods, um, anything that's hydrogenated. So that means anything that was, um, even olive oil can hide, can be hydrogenated too. When you put it in a pan, like 
just things like that. Just be careful with hydrogenated fats and uh, processed fats. It's pretty simple. Like Mm -hmm. fresh food, Mm -hmm. stay out of the aisles. Those little, those little aisles where they're like healthy snacks because it's sold at Whole Foods. It's good for you. Like, no, stay out of the aisles, go around the, what's the word I'm looking for? The the perimeter? Yes. Stay on the outside perimeter of the store where all the fresh vegetables and fruits Mm -hmm. and then your meats are. And that right there should be your entire diet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, of course I'll get like those like little like um, smart pops or rice cakes or whatever. That's fine because those have barely any fat in it. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like a snack for me. But other than that, I stay away from anything processed. So. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's interesting. Like, you said that olive oil can actually become hydrogenated, whatever, right? Yeah, it's through, crazy. Through heating it up. And a lot of people think that olive oil is good as a good source of heating it up with, with on your in your pan, right? Yeah, no. I thought the same thing. Yeah. No, I, it's, yeah. it's bad for you. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Olive oil is a good fat for you. Like, if you like salads, like, I love salads. I don't know why I do, but I could eat salads all day. Mm-hmm. If you put olive oil directly on your salad, great fat. It's good fat for you. You put it on your pan when you're cooking your eggs or your steak, bad. Because when it heats up, it does hydrogenate and it becomes that bad fat we're not supposed to eat. Nice. Um, so I recommend butter instead. Um, coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Coconut oil is good for you on the pan. Like mm-hmm. I know Nick cooks his eggs with coconut oil every morning. So um, don't put olive oil on your pan, guys. Fun fact for you. There you go. <laughs> if you take anything away, do not use coconut oil in your pan. No, olive oil. Oh, yeah. Olive oil. Use Sorry. coconut. Use coconut, not olive oil. Yes. That's funny. All right, so let's go back to your to this worlds thing. Um, so at worlds, um, and you're going through your competitions. How many how many fights did you have? I had five. I had five, five matches. I was the only person in my division without a buy. Mm. And at first, I was like, "Dang, I mean, okay." But at the end of the day, it actually made it more satisfying when I won. I was like, mm-hmm. "I had the most fights and I won. Mm-hmm. Crazy! Like it made it that much better." So. And like, what, what is that feeling? Like being on the podium like that? Like what, can you explain that? I couldn't stop crying. If you mm-hmm. want me to be honest with you, the second, you know, throughout the whole, the whole day, you know, um, we worked really hard into the mindset of being in the moment. Mm-hmm. So if I was not fighting, I was not thinking about fighting. Mm. So if I was on the sideline talking to Nick or talking to my other training partners, talking to my coaches, I was talking to them about anything else besides my matches Mm. i didn't think about you know some people visualize like okay when i step on the mat i'm gonna shake hands and then i'm gonna pull guard or i'm gonna go for a single leg and people think about that before the match is going on and with me personally gives me anxiety Mm. when i think about what i'm gonna do and i'm not there i'm like oh god okay this is happening like i'm gonna do this it's gonna be great you know oh my god breaking out right Mm. so i decided to Talk to me about anything else. Talk about anything else. Oh, this mango tastes good. Or man, I wish I lived in California. The weather's beautiful. Like literally talked about anything else. Mm-hmm. And until that moment I stepped onto the mat, that's when I started thinking about. When the person was staring right back at me, I was like, okay, now it's time to think about it. Mm-hmm. So um, my first match, before my first match, I was nervous. I was like, okay, hmm. You know, I fought, the, I fought a girl from Alliance and uh, one of the Alliance coaches, I kind of grew up with her. Mm. And uh, I was nervous because I was like, all right, all right, let's do it. Um, after I won that match, I won my first match by submission like forty with 45 seconds left oh, nice. in the match. My matches are eight minutes, by the way, just in case anyone didn't know that. Um, or they were anyways. After that match was over, my nerves were gone. I wasn't nervous. I was like, okay, well, I did my first one. You know, I can do this. I'm supposed to be here. I'm good. 
Um, and then every time by after that second match, I won by points. Um, third match was a close match. That was the closest match I had. Um, I won by advantages, which is basically basically like mini points. I tried to do a couple things, didn't quite get them, but I, you know, the referee acknowledged them with what's called an advantage. Uh, the girl was awesome. Uh, fourth match was the semifinals, and I actually was able to submit her in I would say three to four minutes, and you know, I I didn't even I don't even remember the entire matches like I just blacked out sometimes during these matches and I've never done that before when Mm -hmm. competing so after that that fourth match that was the first match that I actually celebrated a win Mm. the first second and third match I didn't celebrate when I won you know I was you know my hand got raised and it was kind of like in my head like okay you have another one okay you have another one Mm -hmm. you know like there's nothing much to celebrate right now you have to keep fighting Mm -hmm. um so when I submitted my fourth opponent with that four minutes I I clapped. I, I celebrated a little bit because I was like, I'm going to the final. Mm-hmm. You know, I was on the podium already. I was ready to be on the podium. Um, and so then when the finals came around, a little bit of the nerves came back. But same thing, you know, stayed in the moment. Talked to my training partners. They tried to tell me what I should do. And I kind of blew it off and mm-hmm. talked about anything else. Ate my mangoes in between matches, you know, drank my water. Uh, my dad was up at the top of the venue. So he wasn't next to me, but he was up at the top. So I would call him and just kind of talk to him. And even he knew I needed to be in the moment. So he didn't want to talk about like the matches itself. Um, Final match came along and it went the full eight minutes. Uh, She stalled a lot, which uh, gave me a few points because of it. Um, But it was we swept each other, you know, reversal, in other words. And, uh, you know, I she stalled a little too much, which gave me two points, which put me up on the board. So there was a minute left in the match and it was, okay, don't let her score on you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a submission, cool, but your goal is not to let her score on you. And I just remember like everyone yelling, like there's a minute left, like no points, no points. There's a minute, there's a minute. And then the time went off and I just lost everything. I cried on the mat, just uncontrollably. It was the first time in that day that emotions came out. Nice. And I think that was another thing that was a game changer for this was, You know, I wasn't, there was no emotions involved in this competition until the second that I won. It was Mm. just crying and crying and crying. And it it was, I seriously still can't believe that it happened. It's, it happened in June of 2018 and I still think about it and Mm. I get chills and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to me. You know, uh, everyone, my mom ran down to the mat, was bawling her eyes out. My teammates were excited. You know, Nick, of course, he put so much work into me. So it was, it was like he won worlds too, because I mean, he was there for mm-hmm. all the prep and all, everything. So uh, if I had a word to sum up worlds, it'd be unbelievable. That would be the word because nice. it's still like it's still crazy to me that I did it. So do you have plans to do it again? This oh, year? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Um, now, I say that confidently, but inside of me, I'm, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm coming into a whole nother ball game. I got my black belt and it's, you know, it's time to, what I did for Brown was great. It wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So now I got to do more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I let the mindset of, well, I've won worlds like before, like, I'm sure like I can take it easy. No, absolutely not. And that's when I have Nick on my, you know, my shoulder, like, mm, no, mm-hmm. you got to work even harder. Um, 
my goal is to win as many as I can. I mean, they're the women right now that are competing are just unbelievable, talented. Every sing- and it's every single one of them. It's not like it's not like there's a couple of like stars out there. No, every girl I'm going to step on the mat with now is unbelievable. So I need to be unbelievable too. So that means I have to work unbelievably hard. Nice, so. <laughs> nice. Um, and then when is that this year? Is it the same time? Yes. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be end of May. The weekend of the end of May, beginning June. So uh, um, prep starts now. I have a couple competitions before that, of course, to kind of get me ready. Um, we're going to Portland next month to do just a little open. Uh, and then it's Pan American Games, which is the second, I would say, biggest tournament of the year, which is in March. And then prep starts right away mm-hmm. for Worlds in June. So Nice. So we got Portland. Pan American and then Worlds. Yes. That's the goal. That's the goal. Nice. And my goal is to podium on every single one. You know, I'm not, I am more than capable of winning and I know I can mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it, hard work beats talent. And mm-hmm. I'm a strong believer in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like I'm talented at this sport. I feel like I'm just willing to work as hard as I possibly can. Nice. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's the truth. And that's what I want to do. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. And, you know, my goal right now is to podium at Pan Ams and podium at Worlds, and I'll be happy because it'll be my first year. So. Nice. And then explain to the people like you—you you don't only just train. Like what? Like you—you you have a job, you know. You—you you have other things to deal with. Like what? How, how do you? How do you deal with like with training and getting your trainings in? It's it's hard. You know, a big thing of that is time management, and it's it's easier said than done for sure. Um. I do work a part-time job to obviously fund all the travels and mm-hmm. pay my car payments and my little bills here and there. And um, I'm lucky enough to have an awesome sponsor, Want versus Need. Check them out, guys, of course. Um, and they help me with my tournament registrations, which is, that's awesome to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that I'm eternally grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Plus, they have really nice gear, so I get to wear nice keys and stuff. Um, but I work the part-time job. I do... Um, I am a part-time trainer at Smash Iron Fitness. Uh, I love, love, I love it because I, I learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I actually train under head coach Nicholas Scott. He kind of, I write the programming. He tells me yes, yay or nay. And so my clients are basically his clients because he, he looks out for them too. Um, I do that more because once again, I learn and I learn how to train myself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, of course, staying on top of Nick's training schedule and my training schedule. So I'm a huge just Google calendar planner, you know, plan my day from morning to night person. And mm-hmm. honestly, that is what helps me the most because it allows all of my days to be as productive as possible. Like my days off from my part time job are the busiest days. So um, it's fulfilling. It's tiring. But, you know, when things like winning worlds happens, it's like, oh, I did it with a part time job because a lot mm-hmm. of jujitsu competitors, they don't work. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are struggling because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm just going to train 24 seven. And you know what? I want to do that, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm also an adult and I have to be able to pay my way through life. Yep. Unfortunately, until I'm making money doing what I love, I, I, I got to do what I got to do. Exactly. So, but once again, it makes it more fulfilling when I do well in mm-hmm. tournaments. So. Which is inspiring, especially to people like like having a job and having responsibilities and, and you still showing up, you know, and working hard and going towards a goal. You know, I, I it's it's great seeing that, you know, and it, 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 it might and it's, it will inspire people, you know. Um, so that's awesome. So keep it up. Thank you. Um, so let's see. I got a few more questions for you. So for the people out there, you know, trying to be champions in their sport or just champions in life, like what like what advice do you, would you give them? 
Um, motivation does nothing for you. Um, at the end of the day, whether you want to be a world champion jujitsu or you want to be a powerlifting world champion or if you just want to open your own small business or whatever your goals are, motivation gets you absolutely nowhere because motivation dies. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that myself before being with Nick. You know, I would get these small spurts of motivation and I would eat good and I would train a lot and then the motivation would die and so would my training and so would my eating. Mm -hmm. So what I want to tell you guys is develop that discipline find your purpose you know i actually just got an instagram message last night from this girl i went to middle school with her i haven't mm -hmm. talked to her in years she messages me and she's like hey i know you're busy but like what do you do to stay motivated mm -hmm. and my answer was simple i said i don't you know um for me i have a purpose my purpose is becoming multiple time black belt world champion mm -hmm. so everything that i do has to complement that. Mm -hmm. It's not a want. I don't want to do everything. I want to eat tacos, like I, but I also want and I need to be world champion. Mm -hmm. So everything that I do, if I even if I don't want to, I do it because it fulfills my purpose of being here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I recommend. Find your purpose and then everything you do from there should complement that purpose or lead you to that purpose. So I like that. Find your why right always nice um so i'm i i, I want to ask you this like like your goals for this year you said you do want a podium um what other you know what other goals do you have any outside goals you want to you want to accomplish um other than you know being being um gold medals in all these all these tournaments um actually really exciting my family and i are looking to uh, for those of you who don't know, my older brother is Andre Vaughn. He is a now second degree black belt in jujitsu. The reason for me training jujitsu. Uh, my family has always been very supportive of our love of jujitsu. So we are looking to expand our endeavors and open our own Gracie Maida affiliate with Mika Sapilli. Um, I'm not entirely sure when that's going to be open. I know that we're probably going to shoot for this summer. But uh, that is something that I'm looking forward to for this year. So my goal for that is to learn how to be as good of a as a professor as I am a competitor. You know, my brother's incredibly gifted when it comes to teaching. And he was a very successful competitor when he was younger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm what I want to do is be able to balance both, you know, be a competitor, be an example to my students and also be able to show my students the way just like I grew up with you know, phenomenal professors that showed me my way mm -hmm. and the current professors I have, you know, Mika, Leticia and, and Morongo from Grace United South Bay. And obviously my, my coach, my brother, I've had amazing professors, Don Charlie, may he rest in peace. Um, he was phenomenal to me and they all motivate me to be a good professor to my future students. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I want to have, you know, about a hundred students by the end of the year that I get to make little monsters and, uh, you know, being able to look forward to not only competing as an athlete, but mm -hmm. be able to, you know, create athletes or even people that just want to learn how to defend themselves. I, I'm totally for it. And I'm happy to be able to to play a part of that, too. So that's exciting. It is. I'll Thank be you. there. I'll be there for sure. Um, so are right, you got an academy about to open? You about to world you about to win worlds again? Um where do you see yourself though? Like that's a, that's some really good short term girls and I love it. Where do you see the, yourself in like five years? Five years in five years. Um, I'll be 27, 28. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I want to have an incredibly successful academy. I would like to have strength conditioning, like a, a strength conditioning part of that too, like an affiliation, mm-hmm. uh, foreshadowing maybe, uh, because strength and conditioning plays such a large role in, you know, me as an athlete. So I do want to have a very successful academy, meaning, you know, 200, 300 members, maybe even a couple locations with the strength and conditioning affiliation to that. I do want like to have a couple more world titles with being a black belt behind that as well. Um, I like to say five, but, you know, let's say three to four and <laughs> be realistic. Um I also want to be married by then. No hints, Nick, but you know. (laughs) Um, And depending, you know, maybe a family, but you know, I don't want to bring a family into this world until I'm, I've accomplished what I need to accomplish. Nick and I have accomplished what we need to accomplish as a couple. And then, you know, maybe in five years we'll have little world champions running around. So (laughs) that's exciting. (laughs) That's exciting. Um, so I think that's that's all the questions that I needed to have for you. Um, do you want to add anything else to the people that are listening right now? Um, anything you, you have in your mind that you want to you want to share or express? Uh, one thing in particular that I feel like is not expressed enough is the topic of women. Like I I am such a strong believer in women believing themselves and being strong. Uh, there's unfortunately right now the trend is for you know muscles on women are gross and intimidating and like when when girls tell me I don't want to look bulky I just want to like look good like to me women with muscle are beautiful because they're strong Mm -hmm. they're they're strong and and when they're strong physically that means they're strong mentally Mm -hmm. you know I get comments about being a strong girl I get a lot of positive comments about being a strong girl I don't I get very little comments about about oh she's too bulky or she's too you know and i just i want women to feel like they can do mm-hmm. be strong physically and mentally you know it's times are changing like men are, you know men shouldn't be the only ones deadlifting 225 women can do you know and i feel that you know my platform and what i'm able to do through jujitsu like i i feel like i can really inspire women to feel like that or at least i hope that's my goal i want women to be content with wanting you know i want muscles i want to be strong you know it's all i can do what i can too so that's that's kind of my goal throughout all of this too is to not just motivate the athletes because not everybody's an athlete Mm -hmm. and that's totally fine being an athlete kind of sucks sometimes it's hard it's tiring you know it's for the regular women out there the moms the the business women just just anybody you can be strong and you can be healthy and you can be happy too so that's something that and how how can they start like let's say like i'm i'm a a stay-at-home mom um, and I just, I, I, I need to get active. Like, what do you, like, what do you recommend? Come to smash iron fitness. <laughs> <laughs> That's a number one. <laughs> no one. Yes. yes. It's to find someone. Um, you know, I, I've never had a, a, a coach. I don't really, I don't call him a personal trainer cause he's my coach, but I guess to like the general public, a personal trainer, I didn't have one of those until I met Nick. And so we got together and what I, think that's helped a lot to help me feel that way is the fact that he thinks I'm beautiful. He loves when I, when I'm lean for tournaments, he's like, you are gorgeous. You are strong. And I want, I think women, what they need is a, uh, a figure like that in their life. So, you know, find yourself a coach that believes in that too. a knowledgeable one. Don't just walk into your LVAC and think that these girls think like we do. No, 
Find yourself a knowledgeable coach who feels like women needs to be strong. So instead of finding a focus of, you know, I want to look good, your goal should be I want to be strong. Because when you develop that strength, obviously your body changes with it and you're going to look good, girl. Like, don't Mm -hmm. worry. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be the first step is to find that figure that's going to get you strong. Because at the end of the day, you're going to look good anyways. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, going off of that, like, what do you like? What do you mean by strong? Like what? Like 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 strong like in what aspects like do you want like women to be strong like if we're referring to physically Mm -hmm. like lift weights you know you don't once again you don't have to if you're not strong enough to pull 225 deadlift i'm not saying you need to be a power lifter or an actual athlete but come in and don't be scared of the weights Mm -hmm. it's what makes you healthy because being strong as i mentioned for myself as an athlete it's injury prevention and when you get older things start to hurt. And if you're not strong, then you're going to endure some pain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of common, like older stay at home moms, they have bad posture or, or pelvic tilt or some, something. Right. And that stuff is not treated without strength. Mm -hmm. You need strength to treat stuff like that. And by strength, I mean, lifting weights, you know, learning how to deadlift, learning how to squat or whatever works for you. Everyone's program is different. Mm -hmm. So come in and don't be scared of the weights. I like strong. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, if you don't have anything else to add, I mean, this is, I think we're, we're wrapping this up at 38 minutes. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you guys have any questions, Instagram's Tyler Marie BJJ, throw them out there. Yes. Tyler Marie BJJ. Um, follow this uh, smash cast on Instagram. Uh, appreciate the follows and the likes and the love. This is episode two. Hope you guys enjoyed your time. Uh, and again, if you have any questions directly to Talia, make sure to to uh, to Instagram her, DM her, or contact contact her. She's a, a good person. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Peace. Bye.